Hey, Steve here. Uh, Before we get into this episode, I just want to apologize because we had a couple of little mic problems, and as a result, there's some weird echoing on my voice track. I know it's probably going to be a little bit distracting, and I really apologize for that, but Basically, the choice was between keeping it in or chucking the entire episode. So we decided to keep it in and just know that next episode, um, everything is going to be better. So buyer beware, and I hope you enjoy. Take care. Our children grow stronger. I can feel their hearts beating in my chest. I can hear their voices rising up in my mind, an infinite chorus, beautiful, resonant, stronger by the day, by the hour. And soon, you will be able to join in that chorus. Soon, my loves, so very soon. everyone this is risk management um and in case you weren't here last week this is a tabletop rpg podcast that is set in a science fiction themed near future instead of using any of these sort of normal tabletop rules like D or any of the white wolf games or things like that we've thrown together our own rule set that is designed to encourage Role play and get us into trouble mostly. Oh, oh, by the way, I keep saying we, but I haven't introduced my um, co host. Um, so introduce yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Jess Kinghorn. I, I guess I'm a co host now. That's pretty cool. I've gone up in the world. Uh, but if you're looking for my Kindle novella, uh, it's under the name J.A. Kinghorn. I forgot to mention that last time. The Kindle novella is called I Hate Halloween by J.A. Kinghorn. Thank you very much. And I'm Steve Spaulding. I write things, make podcasts. I have a television pilot coming out pretty soon from Sony Interactive Entertainment. And when it is out, or when it's getting closer to being out, that is, I will let you know more about it. So let's dive right in. Last time on Risk Management, our two heroes, Anders and Caro, were introduced to their mission, and their mission was given to them by Harlan, the CEO of New Minds, an android production company. And he told them that their job was to infiltrate the Messengers of the One Mind, a cult-like organization that is somehow planning on making society believe that androids have souls. So they had a little conversation about payment, They hopped into a car with someone who didn't really talk a lot. They learned a little, we learned a little bit more about their backgrounds and how they worked together. And we ended up at the front gate, which worked out significantly more poorly than we had hoped. We 
tried to talk our way in, which failed. We tried to borrow some uniforms from guards, which seems to be failing as well. And now we find <laughs> ourselves at the gate with IDs that aren't quite working and the guards are quite suspicious of us. So that's where we left off last time. And now we're going to do a little bit of a intro game. So we are going to pretend that Caro and Anders are having a little bit of a mission debrief, assuming they make it through this alive. And they're talking to a risk management therapist. They're recounting how they felt at this exact moment. So let's start with Caro. So Caro, how, how are you feeling? Well, to be quite honest with you, uh, finding it difficult to articulate what my thought process at that time was because, I'll be honest, it was a stream of expletives and I don't think it's proper of a lady or becoming of a lady to repeat exactly what I was thinking. Needless to say, I was not a happy bunny. Uh, things could be going a lot better. This is definitely not the sort of quality of work we strive for at risk management, I can tell you that. It just didn't seem to be our day. I mean, I th thought we kind of really were on to a winner with the stolen uniforms and IDs. I thought, you know, done deal. Um, but no, no, we uh, came across a guard that's actually very good at their job. Who would have thought? So, yeah, um... I wasn't I wasn't looking forward to seeing the conclusion given the direction and the amount of momentum behind that direction. It seemed to be going very bad very quickly. Uh yes. So, Anders, how how are you feeling? Well, <clears throat> sometimes you find yourself in situations where the right answer was to stab some people in the throat. And that's what I originally, I, I'd been very excited about that solution. I was just going to go up to the gate, stab a couple of guards, and we would have been in. But Caro is always like, you can't kill people for no reason. So we ended up trying it her way. And it, you know, screwed up because it wasn't my plan. But, you know, whatever. She's good at what she does. I'm good at what I do. And it looks like I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for you, but we're going to start getting into some of the stuff I'm good at. Well, that's that's great you two. Um I'm looking forward to your next update. All right. Um and I think you're still up. So I think we were going to um, roll initiative, and I know we rolled it last uh, time, but let's do it again. All right. I got a six. Is that modified by anything for initiative? Um, it is modified by absolutely nothing, and I got a seven. Oh, good. So the order of operations. Oh, as a bit of a, a rules thing for those of us joining us, the, the way the rules on initiative work are that we just roll a flat 1d10 and the person with the highest roll goes first. Enemies don't roll initiative. Enemies generally do not have turns per se. Enemies react to our actions. So for example, 
if we try to, you know, attack an enemy and we fail the roll, that enemy might cause us damage. And if there are other enemies watching, for whatever reason, they might get a, a shot at causing us damage as well. And what ends up, you know, spinning out of that is determined by how badly we roll. So give me a second to find my character sheet because I should have pulled that up earlier. It's all right. I literally just pulled up mine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's I'm in good company it. here. For our sake, more than anything else, we are in a car. We have rolled down the window partially and let me find our NPC names. Do, 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 do. Uh, Sunday Grant? Sunday Grant. Yeah. So yeah. way ahead of me. Um, and Sunday Grant is increasingly unconvinced that we are actually a part of Aegis security. And the last thing that Anders tried, to, well, let's just restart because we were we were running up at the end of the session and I think that it would be better yeah. hold a new action. Anyway, we failed, I think, three times in a row to convince Sunday Grant that we were... <laughs> Actually, it uh, was really bad. It was really bad. So she does not believe even in the slightest that we are members of security. So Anders is up first and Anders is going to. Oh, yeah. One more rules thing. So there are five kinds of actions you can do typically. And they go something like this. You can attack where you try to hit an opponent. Success means injury to the enemy. Failure means injury to yourself. So next is incapacitate. Assuming that I'm looking at the right document. You um, to, incapa <laughs> to incapacitate, you'll need to use either strength or grace to try and disable an opponent. So this is very handy if you don't actually want to kill someone. Uh, and incapacitate, re if, if successful, renders your opponent unable to continue combat. Uh, it's only available if you've done three or more damage to them, and success removes opponent from combat. Failure could lead to an injury, which you might not want to do. You can also try to talk your way out of a situation, and this uses social or knowledge, and if you are successful, the opponent might flee. If you fail, the opponent might do something terrible to you, or you might end up with a disadvantage of some kind. Um, this might not always be possible. So if the person is not listening at all, for whatever reason, you might not be able to talk your way out. All right, so then next is seek advantage. This is very context specific. You'll use the relevant stat, depending on the situation, to try and put yourself in an advantageous position for combat. This can take many forms, from finding a place for cover, to blinding opponents with sand to the eyes. Success could mean a positive modifier, failure could mean a negative modifier, or even injury. So, yeah, desperate times call for desperate measures. And finally, you can run. You run by using grace rolls. This could take multiple turns, depending on the circumstances. If you succeed at one of the rolls or one step closer to escape, failure could lead to an injury. There are other small rules here and there, but I'll talk about those when we come up. Anyway, this is Anders' first turn, and he is going to turn to Caro and say, This, this doesn't really look so good. I think it is time for us to beat a hasty retreat. What do you say? Yep, yep, put the car in reverse. Let's get out of here now, please. 
And Anders does exactly that. He throws the car in reverse and he accelerates backwards. Give me a DC. All right, okay. Uh, DC, DC, DC. Uh, sorry, my eyes are glazing over. There we go, there's a DC. So, Sunday Grant, she's just on foot, but she does have a firearm. Now, let's see. What we have to consider here is whether she's quick enough to use the firearm. Last time I did mention she was she was getting on the walkie-talkie, so she might she might get a bit muddled. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking this is gonna be a let's say a moderate difficulty. Uh let's say lower end of moderate seven. Cool, and how many turns would it take me to escape? Okay, so I'm thinking first turn would be pulling way out and then between that and the next turn you'll probably be turning around to go in a direction away of some kind so i'm gonna say two turns to make a good exit i don't know if that's fair or not that's that just seems to make most sense to me sounds great it's fair if you say it's fair i have no idea how it is possible but even with my five grace, I, I still only roll the seven. So DC hit, the action succeeds. There's no negative outcome. There's no po- really overwhelmingly positive outcome. You managed to reverse way out and away from Sunday Grant. So now what is Sunday doing and how are the other guards reacting to this? Well, Sunday Grant takes her job very seriously, but I can't say the same of her co-worker, who is, if I can just find the character names, uh, let's say... Tranter Quigley. <laughs> he, he never really wanted to work in security, but the Quigleys have been doing it for generations, and by gum, his dad was like, yes, you're going to security like me and your grandfather and your great-grandfather and your grandfather before that. And um, he is kind of, he was daydreaming until Sunday Grant started shouting. So he is like, what is going on? He's not doing anything in this turn. He is completely taken aback. And it takes him way longer than it should to actually do anything useful. But Sunday Grant is like on it like a car bonnet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, the British is coming out. I'm sorry. Wait, you're British? Oh my God! Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, okay, so Sunday's on her walkie and Tranter is doing almost nothing. He's a bit slack-jawed. He's kind of just staring at this scene playing out. He's like, nothing happens at this job. What's going on? So, okay, it's Caro's turn in that case. What What are you doing? Caro's freaking out because they super saw their faces. And she's desperately trying to plot like any kind of course of action. Um, I guess she would kind of like have a hesitant hand on her pistol, but she's not quite committed to pulling it out yet. She's kind of useless okay. this turn. <laughs> no, sounds good. I think Kara would. So Kara is readying her weapon. Um, I guess you would be able to immediately pull it out should you need it. Back up to Anders. Anders is going to attempt to peel out. He's just running. He's ru- he's driving right back down that mountain road, back towards the two guys we've got tied up further along. So, <laughs> give me a DC to get out. All right. Am I looking at the right thing? I am looking at the right thing, thank goodness. So yes, Sunday is like on her walkie. She's barking to the other end and hoping someone is actually doing their job right and listening. 
I guess, I guess, same again, moderate of seven. Why not? Sounds good. Nothing's really changed. This time I get a ten. Oh, like people are slow to respond on the walkie. She's just barking the same thing over and over, hoping to get someone's attention. And she's so incensed that her co-workers are ignoring her. She doesn't even think, oh, wait, maybe I could stop them with this gun I'm carrying. So, yeah, you you get out of there and you get out of there at a decent, decent pace. Amazing. So what I'm going to try, where I'm stopping is way down the mountain pass where we have our two fellows tied up and one of them is <laughs> Manny. Um, I think it's Manny. Yes, that's right. Yes. No, I did mention, I did quickly give him a name, didn't I? <laughs> Manny Spence is one of the guards who is tied up. I believe he was the driver um, and the passenger is tied up pretty far mm. away from him. At least they were the last time we saw them. Their guns have been thrown away, we have their walkie, and we destroyed their cell phones last time we were here. So I pull up to where where last we... Oh, what's the time of day? It was like sunset last time. So so where are we at right now? Ooh, okay, so some time has passed. I'm guessing it's gone past twilight. It's probably like getting quite dark. Yeah. So... Unless they are, are, are we being pursued or have they kind of given up? Because we, we've no, escaped. Like, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday's just kind of trying to do damage control on her end. Um, there's no points of following you guys. It's just, I guess they'd be kind of focusing on where they are rather than charging into the desert for two mystery individuals. But yeah, I think they probably like have a description of us going around at the very least. And... Do I need to roll to... I'm going to try to find Manny and Mystery Guard um, number two. We might give him a name. <laughs> yes, no, because it is getting dark. I would say, yeah, you should probably do... And also, you know, they could... You don't know what they... You know, they might have broken out of their ties. Who knows? Oh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway. Uh, maybe someone else came by. Who knows? Uh, it all depends on this roll. It's dark. So again, I'm going to go for moderate but this time i'm gonna go with an eight i'm gonna go with an eight what's the stat what do you want me to roll can you roll it under grace please and let's see (laughs) why do i roll so badly (laughs) i I got an eight i just got an eight (laughs) okay well i mean that's not a failure that's just you know you you did nothing more than you were asked (laughs) um okay so yeah i mean we happen upon Manny and his co-worker that we have yet to decide has a name or not. And like, the co-worker's kind of not moved too much, but Manny, he is like proper kind of trying to crawl and he's like on his belly trying to crawl to like anywhere that's helpful. He's made some distance, but not much. He's not too far from where you left him. And he's not happy to see you. He's really not happy to see you. So... Anders gets out of the car and he kind of motions for Caro to follow. She does. He goes up uh, next to Manny and he has the walkie-talkie in his hand. And he starts. So, uh, buddy, we've we've got to talk. Are, are Are you excited to talk to me? Manny kind of looks at him and dryly goes, Can't say I am, mate. What do you want? 
Well, our, our plan kind of fell apart. So what we need to do is- Oh, you don't say. You don't say. Actually, I, I feel do. so bad for you. I, I can't help but sense some sarcasm coming from you. And considering your circumstances, I would I would probably cut cut it the hell out. Right, you are, mate. Go on. Anyway, so I've got your walkie-talkie here, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit a button, and you're going to tell them that we went back into the city and ditched your car. So that's that's all you have to say. If you say anything else, I stab you in the throat. Uh huh. Then what? And then you're going to give them a description of us that is very different than the people you see here. Okay. And then? And finally, you're going to say- What about me and my partner? Oh, oh, you. Um, Well, do all of that. Yeah. We'll decide what happens to you after that. I don't think we really have a choice, do we? I mean- you do have a choice. Either I can stab you with one of these knives or run you over with this SUV. Whatever. I'd rather neither of those things came to pass. This job does not pay me that much. Brilliant. So let me review. You're going to tell them A. That we went back into the city. Yep. B. Give them terrible descriptions of us. Oh, you're gonna love it. And C tell them that there were seven of us and some of us were hidden out in the van. This part is more for your sake because it'll be a lot less embarrassing for you if there were like seven of us. Gee, that's almost considerate of you. I'm, I'm, thank, no worries, no worries, bud. So Anders pulls his non-throwing knife from his belt and he holds it in one hand while he holds the walkie-talkie button down in his other hand in front of Manny. All right, so so Manny's eyes widened at the knife and he forgets himself for just a couple of seconds, long enough for like someone on the other end to go, do you read, do you read, hello? Anyone there? We have, we have, and kind of trying to relay um, a repeated message about what's just happened at the gate. And then Manny cuts in, very professional, is like, yeah, yeah, sorry we didn't check in earlier. Um, we've run into a spot of bother out in the desert. Uh, we were, We were, you know, on our way and, Oh wow, uh, we run away, and then these like seven guys. Uh, my partner's confirmed, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nodding. My partner confirmed seven, seven individuals, uh, varying varying appearances, but two key individuals that I think headed your way, and then just like 15 minutes ago, headed back into the city in quite a hurry. I, I mean, I, I didn't get quite a good look at all of the seven guys, but these two individuals. They were, they were driving and they were in the passenger seat and I got, I got a good eyeful, especially when I stole our truck. Um, and uh, yeah, no, there's, there's, I think it's, oh gosh, oh, it, it's just been quite a day. It's been quite a day. Um, I think there was a very, very, very tall woman, a really long hair, super long hair, longest hair you've ever seen, impractical even, and, and a very short man, very short, rotund man of some description. That's all I got. That's all I got. They were so quick. They were so quick. Oh my goodness. And and, and they're gone. We're just out in the desert. And uh, it's it's a bad day, guys. Uh, we'll be with you soon. We'll be with you as soon as we can. 
All right, over and out. And he takes his finger off the call button. That was pretty good. That was actually really good. Have you ever considered acting? Oh, well, and yeah, in college I took a few courses, but but my mum was like, oh, you can't make make a, a living doing that. So I got in security. Don't don't worry about it. You don't care. Could you could you I don't could care. you let us go? Could you let us go? Could you could you like? I mean, it's uncomfortable, and like we we've done what you asked, and we super won't tell I, anyone because we don't get paid enough to die for this job. So like, I actually kind of thought you were gonna lie to me and try something heroic, but like your cowardice is very inspiring to me. Thank you. I I guess. So Anders takes his throwing knife out of his boot, his second throwing knife that isn't buried into the side of the the SUV, and he stands up. He takes five big steps away from from the guard, and he places the throwing knife into, I guess, the gravel um, there. And he looks (laughs) And he looks back. Good luck! And without saying anything else, he hops back into the SUV. As he departs, there are another string of very unkind swear words uh, thrown at him. So instead of driving back down the mountain pass, he's going to drive into sort of the desert proper along this kind of like mountain section of, of the road. So at a 45 degree angle to the base. So he's not okay. driving away anymore. He's kind of driving towards it, but he's also driving out, if that makes sense. Mm. Kind um, of. <laughs> so, so if the if the base were at north, Anders is driving mm. north by northeast. Right. Okay. Yep. Sorry. I, I just I, I did get it, but I doubted myself. Thank you. <laughs> cool. And I think that we are going to switch GMing the duties. I think this scene has been. <laughs> I feel like this scene. Thank is God. <laughs> But before we do that, let's check in with our heroes. So Anders has driven along for maybe a mile before he stops the SUV. And all around you is mostly desert. Um, and you you guys still have your bags with you. You have some of your... Yeah. One of Anders' knives are missing, but another is buried in the side of the SUV. I'm going to assume you recovered the cameras. Yes, they, they, they're little drones, so they come back to me, let's say. It's the future, why not? Um, <laughs> and night has fallen over the desert. It's getting a little bit cold. I'm sure you guys have packed at least for sort of moderate cold. Anders turns to you and is like, looks like we're camping tonight. Yeah, looks like. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of camping, but uh, if in Rome, I guess. Yeah, so I'm not sure we're going to be able to get in through the front gate. That's becoming more and more clear, yes. Which means that we probably should scout some kind of alternative entrance. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind of alternative entrance there would be, but... I mean, it's a gate. We can can climb a gate, that's possible. But we just need to find a place where there aren't guards, or we need to shoot the guards. Oh man, I I did bring a gun. Did you bring a gun? 
Well, yeah, I, I always have one, but I, I don't make it a habit to take lots of bullets, you know? Like, I don't, I don't want to just fire this thing off willy-nilly. That's actually a really good point. I guess if we started killing guards, then it would be difficult to infiltrate this organization. Wow, what's gone into you? Usually you argue way longer than that. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about life. Okay, well, good for you. Uh, Good luck on your soul searching. Not sure we can carry on this conversation. Maybe we shouldn't carry stardust right like like the world is such a big giant place and we're just so small inside of it just just so small yep the more you talk the more i'm sure that we should probably not continue this conversation until at least this mission is completed so hold on to that thought and uh maybe we'll come back to it so entrances secret entrances climbing fences let's let's talk let's have a productive conversation Let's, oh, let's, okay. let's focus on the here and now. Let's focus on the here and now and not uh, our gonna, cosmic insignificance. I was going to tell you about this article I read about androids. It was pretty good. Y- you've told... Can we... I mean, given given the nature of this mission, Anders, I mean, I, mean I, I, I appreciate every link you send me, I really do. But can we just wait until the end of the mission? I promise I'll read it. I read them all. You know I do. But can we wait until the end of the mission? Like, I, I trust you, it sounds great, but can we wait until the end of the mission, please? Yeah, no, that, that's probably right. All right. Uh, awesome. I, I see that we have two choices here. We could either try... Mm. I mean, it's getting pretty dark, and I know you're not, like, sneaky or good at infiltration or spy work of this kind, but... We could either try sneaking around and seeing if we could find an entrance, see if we can find a back door, maybe an area of the fence that's not heavily guarded. I think they're running Aegis security. Aegis is, they're just crap. They're pretty crap at everything. Or, or alternatively, we can camp out here until morning and then see if we could find something a little bit easier during the day. I'm going to leave this one to you. I feel like I've been thinking too much. I, I kind of making my head hurt. <laughs> well, on the one hand, cover of darkness, that aids sneaky approach. But also, we did just try to go through the front door and then very unhappy about that. So I feel they need to cool off. I feel they need to cool off. There'll be a change of guard by morning. So who knows? Maybe if they're really incompetent, they won't pass any information on. If we're really lucky. It seems a bit like asking for trouble to do a sneaky approach in the day, but we might get lucky. We might just get lucky. I think now is too soon to act. That's my core concern. Well, in that case, I'm going to get a little bit of bunk time. Uh, I'm going to have myself a power fuel, and I'll set up a little bit of a hammock on the roof. It's not really a hammock. It's more me sleeping on the roof of this SUV, but I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, you'll you'll sleep under the stars. Very romantic, and um, I'm not sure having a power fuel just before bed is conducive to sleep. But you do you. You do you. I mean, I, I always do. Anders just sort of like steps out of the car. He rummages through his bag. He takes out a power fuel. He opens it. Sort of, sort of drinks half of it, and then basically hops <laughs> onto the roof of the car <laughs> from from <laughs> side. <laughs> 
Ah, he's great. <laughs> so we haven't actually started the scene. This is sort of like um, a little bit of a mm. side conversation. Does Caro do anything to prepare? Does she just go to bed? Does she? Is there anything that she does before she goes to sleep? Um, I'm going to assume that Harlan gave us like lunch, but in the morning it will have been eh, about 12 hours since we've eaten anything. And if we go for long enough without eating stuff, I am going to start adding some disadvantages perhaps. So just something to keep in mind. Fair enough. On that note, she probably, uh, Scrounge for a bit of chocolate in her belongings because uh, she's probably got a case of the rumblies um, and so some chocolate would shut it up. And also while she does that, she kind of lazily had to look around like the surrounding area just to kind of check the threat level, whether it's safe to kind of actually go to sleep where they've parked. Um, hey, give me a grace roll with a DC of oh. um, nine. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Okay. Oh, she's really uncoordinated. What have I done? Right, okay. Okay, D10. You can do this. You can do this, Caro. No, you can't! Grace's two, the D10 came up as three, so that's five total. Oh, boy. Actually, never mind. You just don't see anything. Like It looks perfectly safe. Everything is okay. For a second there, I thought you just felt bad for me and we're going to retract the role. But then I was like, no, don't be silly, Jess. <laughs> yeah, everything's great. Do you try to go to bed? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess she's distracted by chocolate. So <laughs> so she, has, she, you know, gets comfortable in like the back seat or something and like has a jacket or something or something warm. And she's, you know, tucking down with a little bit of chocolate and she's just kind of thinking about the day and... Yeah, just trying to get comfortable. So about eh, two hours pass and you hear a sound and the sound is pretty close at this point. You definitely would have preferred to have heard it um, much, much earlier than you than you do right now, but, but you start hearing sort of a scratching sound. What oh you know? no. <laughs> Caro kind of instinctively goes very tense and very still and listens. So you can, if you listen, and it's close enough now that I'm not going to make you roll. If you listen, you can hear two things. You can hear Anders snoring on the roof. He, he has not heard what is going, <laughs> going on right now. And you can hear the sound of metal on metal. Uh, right, Anders has a phone, right? Yeah, yeah. You both have phones. Okay. Carrie weighs up the options, but she very, very slowly and very quietly sends him a text. Wake up, all caps. <laughs> you hear the Lion King soundtrack, like... Oh, no! <laughs> like the first three bars of it. That's his text notification music. And Andrew's like, just pops up. He's like, what in the name of hell is going on here? Oh, God. <laughs> and he, he's banging on the roof. Caro, are you in there? She taps back. But she doesn't say anything. She just quickly knocks. 
Look outside of the GD window. He 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 seems very upset. <laughs> Kara texts back, I'd rather not, and kind of like hunkers down in her little corner. You're a risk management agent. Do your job. Look outside of the window. She texts back, all lowercase, no punk, and like a full stop at the end. Fine. And very slowly and quietly sneaks over to peer out of the window. And when you do, you find two robot dogs that look... No, 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 no! I've seen this episode of Black Mirror! I don't like this! (laughs) (laughs) That do not look happy, but they also don't look like they are going to rip the doors off the hinges. So they're about maybe two and a half or three feet tall, uh, like a meter tall. So they're they're not they're not small. They they are big animals, but they look more like they're searching for something than they are really attempting to you know kill you. Okay, okay. If this isn't that episode of Black Mirror quite yet. Okay. Uh. Hmm. Kara <laughs> weighs up the options. Weighs them up again. Weighs them up a third time. Panics and texts really quickly, like spelling mistakes, capitalization all the pla- all over the place. She texts Anders, buckle up, and tries to kind of. Oh, you're not going to do this, are you? As Ele- <laughs> she doesn't see the text. <laughs> she can't. as elegantly as she is able for someone with a grace of two, tries to get into the driver's seat and tries to make motions to driving away. So you can get into the driver's seat for free, but if you start the car, um, roll a... Actually, roll a knowledge versus DC 10. It's pretty specific. I'm so glad you said knowledge. I might stand a chance. All right. By the power of the dice. (laughs) Oh, okay, I rolled a nine on the D10 and I have a knowledge of five. Wow, the dice are not working with us today. Yeah, so that's a near <laughs> that's a near miss. So what I will tell you is that you know that these are guard dog, all capital, combat drones, and that mm. typically they are sent on scouting missions. And, and <laughs> when but they are but they are relatively short range. You can only control them over a relatively short distance. So if you see guard dogs, there are almost certainly people within a few hundred meters. Oh no. Oh no. Have I, like, has Caro already kind of, like, started up the car and everything, or... You can. Is there time to... uh, That's just Uh, something that you know, so you can make your decision based on that knowledge. Okay. And it's uh, 3.30 in the morning. Oh, it's 3.30 in the morning. Oh, shoot. Okay, so the momentary panic quickly dissipates just as she has her hand on the key and she kind of remembers what what those dogs mean, what they are, and she kind of stops instead and she thinks again for a bit. And she tries, she kind of, she's having this conversation with with herself and she's kind of like, can I hack that? Yeah, I can totally hack that. No, I can't. 
Well, you don't know if you're trying. Don't try. I can totally hack that, right? Is this a bad idea? Very probably. You probably know that at this go on, go. distance away with the, the hacking tools that you have at your disposal, that it would be pretty easy to hack these kind of Mark One guard dogs. These are not like... You you know, the like civilians buy these kinds of things off the shelf to guard their like backyards. They're useful and they're they're pretty powerful, but they're not like military grade. Okay. So she gets out her phone, she she see, she finally sees Anders message and she goes, on second thought, you're alright, I I, I I I don't know what came over me. I'm gonna try and totally hack that. Um, and there's You better get this right. My knives don't go through metal. That's that's not what they do. <laughs> she texts back hashtag no pressure. And she she opens the hacking app on her phone and she kind of psychs herself up a bit, wipes the sleep away from her eyes, has a has a bit of chocolate just to kind of revitalize herself. And uh, she tries to hack that. So there are three guard dogs outside. And so I'm going to give, oh, you no. of, give you a couple of choices. You can either attempt to hack them individually, or you can attempt to hack them all at once. And if you try to hack them all at once, I will give you another set of choices. So what, what, are, you, what are you thinking? Do the job properly, not quickly, I think. I think hack, hack each one individually. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And so you bring up the app and you you sort of see it, it's pinging three objects mm. that are in your proximity and you click on, I guess, the first one. Let's just call him guard dog number one. And now you have to decide what is it that you want this guard dog to do. She wants to kind of, instead of, instead of like, she wants to kind of see if this... Wait a minute. With this type of guard bo- dog, they wouldn't ping to like the user in the field. They would go away and then come back and report. They wouldn't just ping over the Wi-Fi network. I found something. It's so, not like a remote metal detector. You can definitely tell that these guard dogs, they're looking for something. And right now they've kind of like scented on a target. So if they stay here for too long, they're, the people who are controlling okay. them are going to follow their GPS kind of coordinates to this area. But right now, All you right. probably have a little bit of time. Hmm. Okay, so she's going to try and convince this guard dog it has nothing to report and return back to base. Sounds good. Or that it's on a low charge or something like that. Give it a Ooh, reason to go back one? to base because it has to. Uh, Um, I think the least suspicious is return to base, nothing to report in this sector kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is a civilian bot. This is not hard. Um, give me a DC of seven knowledge. Okay. What could go wrong? I got a nine again and my knowledge is five. Oh, wait, uh, just give me the total. Okay, so uh, that is, sorry, maths, 14 total. Cool. The guard dog immediately runs off. The other guard dogs are sort of like, 
they, they make kind of a, a sound and you're not really sure why they make sounds like that because they don't have any practical purpose to it but they do uh, but that first one is gone the second guard dog you start to recognize that they are activating a something spinning up you can hear the sound of power coming on like when a television turns on and you you know this is probably a cutting laser and the guards are gearing up to do some damage to this car back Uh, to you 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 have very little time uh, hack like the wind caro she tries to again hack them individually and hope that she she does it right (laughs) so guard dog number two Guard dog number two. I'm going to give you a DC Uh-oh. of a eight because they are getting closer to believing that they found something here. Oh, goody. Okay. Come on. Okay, so eight plus five, that's 13. And that doggy runs, just runs like the wind back to base, and the third dog is like... Rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like there's got to be like a, a mod community for these dogs and like one of the mods is like when they come back so, and they found something like they have a little audio clip that's like raw raggy no definitely there's a huge <laughs> mod community you know this you know this implicitly that there's a huge mod community for these dogs and people are like getting them to do little dances sometimes. They definitely have this very large kind of audio community for them. There's tons <laughs> of guard dog memes on the internet. Oh, but that's that's made me so happy. <laughs> this particular guard dog has activated its laser and you see a giant <sighs> line like burned into the side of the SUV. If it continues for much longer than this, it's, it's going to cut the door off the hinges, essentially. Uh, hack, 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 hack! <laughs> so she hacks, she hacks the final dog to be, like, yeah. nothing to report as well. DC 10. <gasps> okay. Okay, so that's 7 plus 5, that is 12. So this dog is less excited about running away, but also is like you can see sort of like if you were to imagine what's going on inside of this dog's brain it's been like there's something here there's something here there's something here and there's like there's nothing here and it's like wait a second here that doesn't make any sense but then it's like "Eh, i'm a robot and then it just sort of (laughs) and you are left by yourself at 3 30 in the morning anders is still Sort of sitting quietly on the roof, trying to make himself sort of as small as possible. The dogs didn't seem to notice him. And uh, there is a large sort of like red gash in the side of the SUV. And you can kind of see outside in it. And cold air is kind of blowing in from the outside. And what do you do now? She pulls out her phone and kind of texts Anders, okay. Reevaluate the situation. What do we do now? Do we go to sleep or do we scout the area and make sure there are no more surprises like that? I don't want to keep doing 3 a.m. hacking. Thank you very much. I mean, that worked out pretty well. I'm actually, I'm not going to, I don't say this very often, but I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. So I'm pretty proud of you. It's a good job. 
like she sends back another message and it's all like ironic capitals and it's like you stop this is weird <laughs> with like a smiley face to show she's joking <laughs> and it just sends like three of those like blank face emojis <laughs> we're gonna have to set up a watch yeah sorry about that um, I'll take the first hour you take the next she takes back such a gentleman plugs up the draft and goes back to bed so now it's about 4.30 in the morning. You you feel some someone like tapping on your shoulder. Uh, yeah, she, she's bleary eyed and she kind of goes, ah. She, 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 she's looking, you know, her hair's all messed up. She's not looking great. All right, my turn to sleep. I'm taking the car. Fine. It takes her a good 30 seconds of rubbing her eyes before she kind of feels like anywhere near awake. And uh, she, you know, hops out, does some leg stretches, and climbs on top of the roof and tries to stay awake. And you can hear the faint sound of the Phantom of the Opera coming from inside the car because (laughs) Anders has hooked up his cell phone and his musicals (laughs) in the car. Which song is it? It's Angel of Music. Oh my god! <laughs> and he seems to be pretty, pretty happy with what's happening right now. Just roll one d ten. Just, ro- just roll. The uh, no, no modifier. Not, not, no modifier. Okay, just roll. It, ke- it came up a seven again. Cool. I don't know why. Yeah, no, your shift is, goes pretty well, and it's about five thirty, five forty-five, and you start to see the sort of sunrise and. It's still pretty dark outside, but you'd be able to see normally and kind of like react normally. And it's not like it's so dark that you're going to be like, it's going to be difficult for you to like make stuff out. So you have a choice. You can either, uh, I figure you both got a couple of hours of sleep. So you're a little bit groggy, but I'm not going to give you any negatives for it. So you have a choice. You can either sleep a little bit longer or you can wake Anders up and we can move forward with something else. Uh, if you sleep again, it's going to be full. It's going to be full sun. By sorry, the time. God, sorry. Oh no! All I was going to say is, if you sleep again, it's going to be full sun by the time you wake up. Okay. If we're groggy, they're groggy. Probably time to wake up, Anders. So Anders wakes up easily enough. He got his headphones in his ears now, so I guess he figured that he didn't want to play play music quite out loud. And he takes them out and he's like, death metal, it's my favorite. And he kind of looks at you. <laughs> and then he, he like sneaks his phone back into his pocket along with his headphones. Uh, that's nice, dear. You'll have to uh, show me one of your favorite playlists when we get back. But right now we have a job to do. Sounds great. So, where are we heading off to? Well, I quite liked your idea of trying to find another way around that fence, and now's probably the best time to do it. So, if you're with me... Are you driving or am I? Uh, you just woke up, so I'm feeling charitable. I'll drive. Sounds great. So, what direction do you head? So, so the if you head due west, you're going to come at 
the cult not at the front gate, but at the eastern, you know, like the eastern side. You don't know what's over there right now. So, okay. The closest side to you would be the eastern side. Well, she still has those like drone cameras. Uh, so she, I think it might be a good, because we don't, because as you said, we don't know what's on that side. So maybe it's a good idea to just send a few of those over just to kind of check out the situation try and spot any kind of places that are maybe not so well patrolled if there are any patrols just to make sure there's no surprises if there's guard that's not a surprise kind of thing cool and so you have enough cameras and enough sort of charge on your cameras to send them Thank to God. <laughs> two of the sides of the building which which sides okay. Uh, so the front entrance no-go, but the side closest to us and the side connected, I guess, at the top of the facility, if you were looking down on it from a bird's eye view. Oh, so like like the roof, essentially? The two closest, well, no, like... Um, oh, okay, the north side, like... Okay. Yeah, 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 sorry, I completely forgot which... I forgot directions. I forgot directions. I'll be honest about it. Um, so yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's do these separately. For the east side of the building, give me a knowledge roll of 10. <laughs> Don't let me down, D10. Don't let me... Oh, oh, this is not good. Oh no, my laptop has let me down. Oh no. What my, lap- my laptop is frozen. Why is my laptop frozen? I was doing nothing. <laughs> I was doing nothing but looking at a document. Yeah. It's that Wizard of the Coast app. You know, it's very heavy. There's like three text fields. Do you have an actual, like, I? Do I have an actual D10? I, I could have sworn I did at some point. Bear with me two seconds. I have a... Whoa, sorry. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. This is how the sausage is made. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful saying. <laughs> I found the D10. I'm rolling the D10. Here we go. Please don't ruin this for me, D10. I will dice shame you on Facebook. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, that came up an eight. Empty threats work on dice, children. Um, eight plus five, that is 13. All right. So on the east side, you see that there are no guards, but you do notice at least two security cameras that are kind of pointed down at the ground. And those are, you know, at about the level of like the first floor. So do you want to start, what do you, do you want to do anything else while you're here? While my drones are surveying the area. Okay. I'll make a note of that. I can probably, I I will investigate whether I can hack that. So um, (laughs) what was your role again? Sorry. Uh, my roll for, um, it was eight plus five, so that is 13. Maths is hard. Um, cool. Yeah, yes. you have enough You have enough time left to, to figure out something else about this side. So is there anything else you want to know? Anything at all, just ask a question. Can I hack those cameras? No, that's not that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can tell you that <laughs> without you wasting the drone. Like, does, is your drone looking for something in particular is what I'm asking. Okay. So is it just cameras? I mean, does it look like there were like footprints? Have guards been here ever recently? Like, Okay, so here's what you see. You see a gate about eh, three meters tall. There's no like barbed wire on it. It looks more like a gate designed for show rather than for security. 
My favorite. On the other side of the gate, you see like shrubs and bushes, like sort of like to make it so you can't easily see inside of the area without. And then on the other side of that, you know, you see this sort of empty space. And then you see the bottom floor of the building. You see what looks like maybe a dry dock, like a place where you would pull like semi trucks in to make deliveries. Huh. Um, and above that is where you see the two cameras. Okay. I mean, that'd be really handy if we had a truck, but hmm. That, I'll make okay, I'll uh, bear that in mind. That might be useful. Uh, what What's the actual time? Is it before 9am by any chance? Yeah, yeah, it's well before 9am. Um, because you Oh, thank up, goodness. It's still, it's still sort of like just the sun is just rising okay so that gives us a few options i'll communicate this to anders and we can discuss what might be the best option shortly and is that just the east side of the facility that's the east side of the facility um okay i can't yeah sure um give me uh 10 give me another 10 another 10 knowledge got you Five and five, that's ten. <laughs> cool. So your your drones are a little bit skittish. Um, you, you probably need to recharge them at some point. But what you can see is that the fence is much like it is on the east side with the same shrub. But, like, there's something weird. Like, your camera's behaving weirdly back here. There's, there's something, huh. like, wrong with with your camera uh, on this side of the the area like it's it's sort of like giving you this kind of like radio static which is bizarre because it's a digital camera and that that doesn't make any sense at all suspicious and it's like your drones are even like fighting against your kind of instruction it's like they're they're trying they're like you're losing control of them momentarily and they're just sort of like coming back into control like You've got it. You've got it figured out, but it's like very strange. Like you've been using these for a while now, and the behavior is very strange. Huh. All you see back there is a red door, like a blood red door. That's not ominous. Okay, uh, so, not gonna go in the back way then. Um. So that's what you've got, and I'm gonna guess you call the drones back. Yep, I call the drones back, especially after seeing that red door. No, thank you. I call call the drones back and chat to Anders. So the, the one other thing that you do notice uh, or don't notice specifically is there are no cameras back there. None at all. That's too good to be true. <laughs> Anders is like, alright. So what are we doing? Uh, I have a really bad feeling about the back way. Like, there were no cameras, but that seems like... Wait, no cameras seems like a really good thing. No, 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 no. That's, that's the thing. That absence... And my my cameras were acting weird as well. Like that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Like I know I know they're not you know great, but like that does not happen with these. All right, so you can't use your own camera. So what's the problem here? You just said but there my... was no no security. Should we go to a place <laughs> with no security? It feels like a trap. It feels like a trap. There, I said it. It feels like a trap. Maybe I'm overthinking this, but also I'd like to see the end of the day. And I feel like the east side makes more sense. So, what's on the east side? The east side, there are cameras. But, they're there. So, I feel almost more confident about that. Um, And there's like this gate, but it's not like 
a gate gate it's just like oh, it's a gate like it doesn't it doesn't seem that seems safer honestly like that red door ooh, gives gives me the heebie-jeebies it doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't fill me with happiness it really doesn't so well, my vote would be for the east side because i mean it doesn't look like i can't oh and there's also like this it's like docking station thingy for like trucks and things so that might be easier as well and the cameras right. are pointing at that not the gate so okay that that could be good a loading dock that's, that's a good place to infiltrate especially this early in the morning i'm glad we're on the same page <laughs> all right then i guess the plan would be we need to climb over the gate on the east side because you're a little bit of a coward and that's okay that's okay i mean i'm fine with that cowards live to see the end of the day yeah that's good as long as it makes you happy as long as you can sleep well at night i so, sleep very well except for last night but that doesn't count that's true there were robot dogs good job with those there were robot dogs oh i don't know how to handle this you're being very complimentary that almost never happens it's true um i've been thinking anyways, a lot about life i you, you did mention you did mention i listened to you i listened to you look yeah look, look at me listening i'm a good listener Let's not focus on that right now. East side, let's do this. Cool. Um, and so do you start driving towards the east side of the fence? Yes, but we don't pull right up to it. We maybe leave the car in amongst some shrubbery if we can find it or just somewhere that's not, oh, look, there's a car here. What's this car doing? Um, we try and kind of conceal the car as best as we are able. And then that's a little distance away from the uh, escape and we walk up to the, oh, it's a gate kind of thing. Sounds good. You're happy to discover that there are absolutely no guards over here. Yes. Because Anders is correct, Aegis security, at least the, the kind of cut rate service that the messengers seem to have ordered at the moment is not very good. There's something very interesting that you see when you get up to the gate. You see a large black limousine. And it looks like it's about to move. Like if you wait much longer than this, 10, 15 minutes, that, that limousine's gonna be completely gone. It's the kind of thing that famous people or people who have a lot of money would be driving around in if they wanna kind of show off. Um, I didn't realize it was that kind of cult. Oh, before that though, are you carrying your bags? Oh yeah, Anders is definitely carrying his bag, but it's- Oh yeah, 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 she's- She's totally carrying her bag, because I was just thinking, like, she t definitely wants to stick a bug in that limousine just for the gossip alone. Okay, so we're going to do a test. Um, that limousine is going to be gone, absolutely gone, in probably 10 minutes. So if you fail any of the rolls to at least get over this fence, um, <sighs> you're going to miss the opportunity to do anything at all with that limousine. Fair enough. Okay, game on. I've had two good rolls. This is going to go horribly. So now you guys are standing at the fence. You see the limousine through the cracks in the bushes. It doesn't look like there's any, like, guards or anything by it. It looks like this is... It looks like someone's just going out for a drive, right? But in just a huge, like, fancy car, so... Well, what, what else doing? would you take, I suppose? <laughs> okay, so we've not climbed over the gate yet, or we have, or... We have not. If you want to try to climb over the gate, we're going to have to talk. <laughs> okay. No, fair, fair. So, all right. So I, I turn to Anders and I go, that's unusual, right? Very hushed whisper. Oh, you mean the giant car? Yeah, that's pretty unusual. Um, 
give me um, give me a DC for a knowledge roll. Just give me one, and it, it shouldn't be that hard. Okay. Um, oh wait, I forgot my my laptop is frozen, so I can't look up DCs. I'm going to go off the top of my head. I am going to say a DC of let's say four. Oh, DC. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah, that's a critical hit. So Anders is like, you know, I'm actually a little bit worried because that I've heard a little bit something about this cult and, you know, they do some like real bad stuff and it's probably why we're here. They're also like political lobbyists and that kind of car looks like it might belong to one of those guys. I have a feeling Harlan would want us to know what's going on with them. My thoughts exactly, she says unconvincingly because she just wanted to hear about the gossip, but she hadn't thought that far ahead. But Anders makes a very good point. So she says, all right, here's the plan. Uh, Give me a leg up. I'm going to bug that car. And then we're going to just disappear into the crowd that isn't awake yet. But you know what I mean? That's a good plan, because if I assist you, this role could um, potentially be easier. Um, That's what we want. <laughs> okay, give me a... Give me a strength roll, moderate. Okay, DC for a moderate strength roll. Okay, moderate. That is... I'm trying to remember the ranges off the top of my head because my laptop is still... It's still, like, looking at me blankly. Um, and I'm just trying to type in my password. Um, so... I can't remember what moderate is. It's like seven to nine. So you said moderate DC. So I'm going to say, I mean, Kara's not heavy, but she could be more active. So let's say eight. Sounds good. Cool. He hits an eight. Um, I'm going to say that he, he sort of like hoists you up. You now have an advantage to this role of one. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> So, I'll take that. <laughs> but you are climbing a three meter wall. So this is not easy. It's a marathon, exactly. not a race. <laughs> I'm going to give you a shot. So you can either do this all at once, or you can try to do this in two phases. If you do it all at once, then you're going to make it into the area with a fair amount of time to spare as far as the limo is concerned. If you break it up into two two pieces is going to be an easier climb you're going to be basically Anders will absolutely not have time to get across the fence before before this happens uh, okay I really really want to get in that limo uh, it's, this is probably going to be the worst decision I make all game but I'm going to do it in one what could go wrong I'm going to do it in one Lots? Lots can go wrong. <laughs> um, let's see what happens. Wow, okay, this is kind of this is definitely gonna be hard. I want you to give me a strength roll of an eleven. Oh no, not strength. What have I done? Strength um, roll of eleven, but you have an advantage of one. So you okay. add one to whatever your roll would be. I am a fool. My strength is one. <laughs> Amazing. But it's two now because you have an advantage. <gasps> What have I done? Okay. All right, D10. I know we've had some rough times, but I really need you to help me out right now. Look, I, I know you can't talk, but can you do that? I'm going to... We're going for something that isn't terrible, please. 
So two plus seven. Oh dear. Oh, that, that's nine a nine. It's still a miss, but it could have been way worse. So what I'm going to give you is that you are like now hanging kind of midway up the fence. You haven't fallen or anything like that, but you are definitely not there yet. No. But now Anders is out of range, so he cannot help you climb. The engine to the limo is gearing up. You can kind of hear two people talking, but you're still too far away, and all of the bushes and stuff are kind of muffling the sound. Ah. You're doing pretty good up there. I mean, she would give the thumbs up, but she is like pure concentration now. So she kind of, she, she, she ignores it, but she, you know, she doesn't mean to. So what do you want to do? Only way is up, I think. All right, you're, you're halfway up. So I'm going to say, give it a DC of nine, but you don't have advantage. Oh, with my entire point and strength, what could go wrong? A lot, apparently. I rolled a four. With my strength, that's a five. What have I done? So a five. Ooh, that's a critical failure. Uh, Oh, no, I know exactly what happened. I'm just going to move out of the way fast. (laughs) Give me a grace, DC. Um, give me a grace, DC, that is difficult. Ten. Okay. Ugh, let's see how this goes. Fingers uh, crossed. Then, um, he rolled a 14. So here's how the scene play, plays out. <laughs> Anders, naturally, is sort of like... <laughs> Like, he, he's standing there not doing anything, kind of, like, cheering you on. Then preternaturally, he sort of, like, dives to the right. Like, like your brain can't even register why he does this before you feel, like, your hands, like, losing grip on the fence. And then you fall backwards. It's not very far, but it's far enough that when you hit, you have, A, made a lot of noise, and B, taken one point of health damage. Oh, we only have seven points, don't we? Yeah. So I have so, six health now. Um, when my laptop decides to cooperate, I will make a note of that. Cool. And Anders kind of looks over. Worse than both of those things is that the limo is now moving, and it's moving towards the front gate. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> so Anders is like, Wow. That was pretty bad, actually. You need help up. He kind of puts his arm out. No! No, I'm fine. I am a grown woman. I will I will, I will stand up on my own. <sighs> cool. So you know the quite, limo's gone, quite right? belie- I know. I know. And quite beleaguedly, she like very slowly and resignedly stands up and dusts herself down and inspects the cuts and bruises and... You know, she's very embarrassed and avoiding Anders' like, uh, line of sight really heavily. Anders sort of, like, feels a little bit bad, but not quite bad enough to say anything. He's like, all right, want to try again? Or are we going to try something else? She thinks about this, and then she goes, why don't you go first and open the gate? You know, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> why didn't we do this before? I have no idea. This was your plan. It was a bad plan, and you didn't pull me up on it. 
I feel betrayed. So I need to do a DC 10 strength roll. I'm going to try to do it. No, I'm going to do two DC 9s. Oh. <laughs> to see how that goes. I'm going to do it in two steps because we're not in a hurry anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. He's not going to ask for help or anything. Anders! <laughs> Anders um, shimmies up the fence and he's about where you were. And he's like, sometimes I hate her. Sometimes I hate her so much. And as he <laughs> does that, it's like where you left your sweat when you were climbing. He takes a grip and then his hands just sort of lose the ability to hold onto the fence. And he doesn't hit you, but he slams into the ground a foot to the left where you were. And he takes one point of health damage. So lots of things happen all the time. You've made a ton of noise at this point. And it is very clear that even though the guards are a little bit drowsy, there's a really good chance that this fence is no longer safe. You have the sense that if you stick around here for too much longer, there's going to be guards. So you can either, you're not sure that this is true. So it's not necessarily true, but you've both made a, a ton of noise on this on the other side of this gate. And they're already kind of at high alert from yesterday. So you have to sort of like ask yourself whether it's still a good idea to climb up this way. So what's your play? Caro very dryly turns to Anders and goes, well, I'm glad we're on the same page and then kind of goes, we've made a whole lot of noise. Let's pull back for a bit and just see if anyone comes to investigate. Okay, so you're going to hang out and see if anyone comes to investigate. I'm going to give you... Concealed, yeah. Well, if you go back to the car, you're far enough away that I'm not even going to make you roll for that. Like, no one, like the bushes are going to be in the way. Like, no one's looking that hard. Um, cool, all right. But I will tell you that you're still kind of under the sort of agus of early morning. But if you wait, the sun is going to come up. So it's your call. I'm doubting myself now. All right. Maybe, just maybe. Can she... I don't know if I ever asked. Did I ask whether she could hack the uh, cameras looking at the truck dock? Um, you did not ask me that, but you can if you want. Alright, so they pull out and she attempts to hack the cameras. You get a low battery. So that they turn off. <laughs> oh. Ah. Alright, let's play it safe. <laughs> Be- doing anything en- adventurous has, you know, actually so. sapped part of our health. <laughs> so... The, what you know from the low battery warning is that you could, pro- if you don't charge your phone, you could probably use it one more time and then it's going to just shut off. So, you can try it. it but- it's not worth the risk. It's it's not worth the risk. Like, who knows? She might, she might need that little sliver of battery for something really important, which is what we all tell ourselves um, as we try to find a charging port. Um... Yeah, no, she's like, I, I can't. It's, it's too risky. It's too risky. And we've already taken too many risks. And we're down one point of health, a whole point of health each. Um, so, yeah, she kind of pull and pulls Anders back to the car and uh, explains that they should probably lie low just to see if anyone's investigating. 
You know, we can go. We can go north. Remember that other door? If they're investigating this I way, I think the other. I think the other door is a is a bad idea. I mean, you're um uh, no, I'm not going to say that because you will try it if I tell you to. I say we sit, we wait, we see if this still is still a viable option. We give it one more go, then we think of something else. I really don't want to go through that back door. I I have a very bad feeling about it. So, how long do you wait? You can either wait a quote-unquote hour, in which case you'll be able to see basically what happens when the sun comes up, or you can wait um, a little bit longer and see what happens around breakfast time, like 10 o'clock, maybe. Oh, I was just going to suggest that they waited like 10, 15 minutes just to see oh. if anyone checked out the noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, you can do that. So, so you guys hang out in the car, you wait about 10 or 15 minutes, and you notice that there are a couple of, not only are there a couple of guards that look pretty bored that are now sort of standing by the dry dock, you also notice there are a bunch of semi-trucks that have come inside and seem to be like working to unload what appears to be like food supplies for the cult. Interesting. Is there anyone anywhere near the gate in direct line of sight of the gate? Yeah, I mean, like, like you can't tell for sure because you're only peeking through yeah. at this point. But if you were to try to climb the gate right now, even if the cameras didn't see you, there's a good chance that one of the guards will see you. And if even if they didn't see you, there's a moderate chance that one of the truck drivers are going to notice weird people trying to climb over this gate. Mm, okay. You could do it, but it would require some pretty fancy footwork. <laughs> And that's worked out so well for us before. Um, so she kind of, she leans over to Anders and she's like, you see those trucks? Yeah, I see them. Do you, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I have no idea what you're thinking. I know it didn't work out yesterday, but how do you feel about hijacking a truck, Anders? <laughs> I mean, that could work. How, so what are we going to do with those guards? <laughs> I don't know. I think we just add them to the pile at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love how you're willing to do this sort of like crazy, like black ops thing rather than check out the North Bay. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm not going to tell you if it's good or a bad idea. I just think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, no. I, I'm, I'm trying not to meta game, but also like I've had a bit of thinking about Caro's hidden agenda a bit more, and it's not directly linked at all to this, but it would make her very, very suspicious of anything different. Let's put it that way. God. So she is like super like that is out of the ordinary. I don't like that. That is a bad idea. So that's just kind of like it's she can't even articulate the thought process that clearly. She's just like, nope. That makes total sense. So yeah, the black ops, black ops all the way. <laughs> all right. Well, OK, maybe we should check out what's actually in this car. What do you think? <laughs> Have we not done that yet? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's probably a good idea. Ooh. 
You know what? Uh, how close are you to the gate right now? Um. Please wake up, laptop. Oh, it was all looking so good, and now it's just giving me a black screen. Um. So the gate. Not spitting distance. Certainly a but few meters of... from spitting distance. Okay, so you're, but you're in like eye shot of the gate. So, so we're sort of like talking. Yeah, about yeah. Okay, yeah. Give me a grace roll of, I don't know, eight. Just give me one of eight. All right, I have to remember what my grace is. I think that is two. Yes, because I had two skills that were two and strength was the one. And then, yes, okay. So two plus whatever this roll is will be... Ah. Six, seven. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Okay. So you notice a part of this gate that looks a little bit weird. I mean, like, it's not super weird, but the gate doesn't look lush exactly. It looks like maybe there's something, you know, maybe like 50 meters down the line that isn't quite the same. Huh. Hmm. Maybe that's worth investigating. Um... So when you say the same, like, so it's not they, pattern matched? Yeah, yeah. You can't really tell what's going on over there, but you can tell that there's something going on over there. Like, you have no idea. You didn't hit the roll. There's something going on over there, but you don't know what it is. Hmm. Your call. I'll be honest, my... <laughs> I'll be honest, my brain's gone blank. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with this information. Um... I mean, there are also no guards there, unless they're another trap. Oh, I won't have to even use my phone. I won't even have to use my phone. Wonderful. Yeah, let's, 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 you know, quietly, discreetly check it out. See what's going on. So you're trying to be discreet? Very discreet. As discreet as possible. Eh, it's daylight. <laughs> Give me a grace roll of ten. Why do I do this to myself? So two plus this roll is... That's five. That's uh, five you're, total. You're not at all discreet. Are, are you? You're, uh, you and Amy are still carrying your bags, right? Yeah, yeah, we're still carrying our bags. And you guys haven't changed into your clothes, have you? Are you still wearing your guards' clothes? No, we're still guards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so you walk over there, and because it was a critical failure, you really do think you're being discreet. Cool. And, That's even worse. And. Um, <laughs> It's just sort of like looking on and he's not saying anything because he's kind of amused at how you're sort of like sneaking around. Um, but but it's obvious to him. In that broad daylight. Being... Right, in broad daylight. So so I'm gonna paint you a word picture. So imagine you're out in the middle of the desert and there's a giant wrought iron fence on your left side. And you're sort of like doing the creep, right? You're just sort of like uh, kind of <laughs> down low, like lifting your feet really high, trying really hard to sneak you. And Anders is kind of walking casually behind you, just sort of like shaking his head. And I have you, actually seen that video, so I know what you're talking yeah. about. This is beautiful. Carry on. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, actually. And when you get to the gate, you realize that it's a side entrance, but it's got a biometric lock on it. It's a kind of like small side entrance that you would, a car can't fit through it, but a person can. And as soon as you get there, you run into a guard who has seen Crumbs. 
seeing you like being weird. It's almost obvious that the guard has been tracking you on the other side, and he's sort of like, oh no, as you get to the gate. Um, and this guard is going to be named Dell. His name is Dell. <clears throat> oh. Okay. Oh. oh. Hey there. Kara is like deer in the headlight. She thought she was being so sneaky. Um, so she kind of, you know, has a moment where she's like mid creep, leg raised. And then she kind of realizes, oh, wait, I'm not being sneaky at all. And kind of very dramatic, very like fluidly straightens up and kind of tries to act like a normal human. But she's not quite thought about what she um, is going to say. So all she says back is, uh, hi. What are, what are you, what are you doing over there? You seem pretty, uh, I, actually, I don't really have words for what, what you seem. You're, you're just, that's kind of weird. What are you doing? Caro is like looking around, looking at Anders, and then suddenly a thought comes to her, and we'll see if this is a good thought or not. <laughs> uh, well, you see, and it slowly kind of becomes a bit more obvious that she's like, at least, I mean, I would assume to Anders, since they've been working together, that he would kind of identify her acting voice from her normal voice a little more easily than the average person, and it soon becomes apparent that she's, you know, not genuinely blathering, but acting blathering suddenly. She's like, uh, well, you see, uh, well, uh, well, oh, it's so embarrassing, I'll just tell you. So she comes slightly closer to the gate, but not too close. She's like trying to read the guard's face to see what he's comfortable with. Like he doesn't want this guard to get, she just, she doesn't want this guard to get jumpy. I mean, um, he looks completely not jumpy. Like there, there have never, there has never oh been a gosh. person who has looked more casual than this guy. All right, all right. So she, you know, slowly and courteously sidles up to the gate, and um, she goes, she goes all, all like stage whispery and conspiratorial, and she's kind of like, "This is really embarrassing. So please don't tell anyone else." But my sister's in there. And like, she's a grown ass woman. She can do what she like with her life, but we've not seen her in six months. And I just, I had a crazy idea. I dragged my best friend out here and everything just to see if I could get a glimpse of her. I'm really sorry to bother you. I, I don't know if you know anyone. Sorry? Oh, oh no. All I want to know, are, are, are you with Agus? Are you, are you, I mean, you're, you're wearing a uniform, so. So, are you with the company? Yeah, like, that's the worst bit. Like, I am with Aegis, but we weren't assigned here originally. So, I I, I, I I, tried to get my friends to switch shifts, and it became this whole big thing. And I've st they still haven't assigned me here, so I thought I'd just, you know, pop over. And I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I just want to see my sister, and... I don't want to cause any problems for you. I don't want to cause any problems for Aegis. I just want to see my sister. I haven't seen her in a really long time. She starts getting teary. Like she is fully committed to this. She starts getting like teary, but like restrained. She's practiced this in the mirror. You can tell. Give me a social um, I mean, before we continue. <laughs> okay, social. I'm trying to remember what that is on my character sheet. My laptop is loading up, but I think I had two fives, I'm pretty Actually, sure, and I think social. social. 
give me a social of eight with an advantage of two because you are wearing a security guard's uniform. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm pretty sure my stat is so- of social is five because my knowledge is also five and I can remember what all the other stats are vaguely. So I'm going to roll this d10. And then, so that d10 was three. My social is five, six, seven, eight. And then you said an advantage of two. two. Okay, so 10, if I've done my maths right. Yep, you have. So he seemed, he's sort of nodding his head along. It's like, that's a, that's a terrible story. Um, you, you look a little beat up. I'm so like, sorry. Like, are you okay? You look, you look a little beat up. It's been really rough for my family. And I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I just want to see my sister again. You know oh, what that's like, wait. right? You, you don't need to cry. You don't, you, you definitely don't need to cry. I'm so I mean, sorry. Like, you're, you're with I'm so Agus. sorry. You're, you're with Agus, right? You're with Agus? Yeah, yeah, like, I'm not meant to be here officially, but I came anyway, and, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, you know, blowing off another shift. I came on my off day, for God's sake. I'm, I'm so sorry to bother you. I mean, it's no real bother. I mean, this job is pretty easy anyway. It's like, who's these these guys? Um, um, I guess there's no real reason you can't come inside. I mean, you work with Agus and you're a heater on your off day. You're not being paid. I oh, mean, are you serious? Are you serious right now? You, you'd let me do that? Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not really like... We'll be very quiet. We'll be very quiet. It will only be like, I don't know, 20 minutes. I just want to see her. I just want to make sure she's still alive. Like, 20 minutes, like, and... Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen her in six months. It might be longer than 20 minutes. Is that okay? So, I mean, it's like, fine with me. We'll, we'll go out with... I, I just... Here's, here's the thing, though. I can get you in this gate, but I can't get you... I can get you through the dry dock. Like, I think that's the best I can do for you, but I can't really get you past there. So, I'm... I, I'm really, I'm really sorry, but I'm just like, I'm pretty new here myself, and I, I don't really want that kind of trouble. Um, if, if Sunday sees me, you, you, oh. have you met Sunday, Sunday Grant? No, but like my buddy mentioned her. That's so strange. Is she nice? No, she's not. She's really not very nice. Um, and if she hears that I do this for, did this for you, she's gonna be really upset. Especially because there were people. It- did you did you hear about the break in? So some guys, like seven guys. Break in? Yeah, seven guys tried to break seven in. Seven of them. Yeah, seven. They were, wow, that's a lot. Um, Manny, like he's another person who works here. He said they were huge, and they they had um submachine guns and lasers, and they they like it was it was a huge firefight. He was he's a hero. Manny's a hero. Um, but ever since then, Sunday's been very very upset. So I can let you in this gate, but I'm gonna have to, like, you're you're on your own then. And and if if any of the others find you, you can't tell them that I let you in. Oh, that that's I totally understand. Like, you, that's fine. Um, th- just letting us through the dock that would be more than enough. Like, that's that's so kind. You're so kind. The only thing is, Sunday, like, is is she on shift now? Like, just so, just, I don't want to cause problems for you. So if I avoided her, like. Oh, Sunday lives here. Sunday lives here. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she works for Agus, but she lives here. 
she lives there. Right. Is there like somewhere, are there parts of the camp I should like avoid that are like places that she patrols a lot? Like, I, I don't want to cause trouble. I really don't want to cause trouble. I've asked so much of you. Oh, I mean, she's, uh, I mean, like during the day, she's usually off. So she's just like a normal member of the organization. Um, so she, she could be anywhere, really. Um, I would, uh, I would be really careful, especially if you're wearing your uniform, like just really careful. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. I've asked so much of you. Um, what's in those giant bags you're carrying? Oh, well, you know, I had this silly idea that if I saw my sister, I would give her her favorite pastries. So they're just full of pastries, but they're, like, not nice me, anymore because... Give me a social roll of ten. Go on. Okay. No advantage. I got really into that. <laughs> so, social five. Social... I rolled a four. My social is five. That's nine total. Do I still have advantage? No, you have no advantage. So he looks Damn. at you and he sees the size of your bag. These are obviously not <laughs> pastry bags. And he looks over at Anders and Anders is just sort of like shrugging his shoulders and is also carrying an equally large bag. Um, I, I don't want to call you a liar um, because that would be rude. But if I'm going to help you out, you're going to have to you're gonna have to level with me um so come on what's all inside right. the bags all right all right i'll i'll level with you <laughs> my buddy and i we did eat all the pastries we really did eat all the pastries yeah i mean i would too so i mean they were delicious and they were her favorites so i feel bad about that but i do have some chocolate in here and i had a change of clothes for her as well and you know <laughs> basic stuff like i didn't want to get her in trouble but like she's my sister like oh i just oh, yeah. thought maybe she didn't have toiletries and things like i don't want to embarrass you but like you know give me a knowledge roll actually anders is looking over to you and trying to subtly motion to you give me a dc for a moderate knowledge roll moderate knowledge okay um all right I'm trying to remember what moderate is that is i can't remember what the top end and the low end is i think it's seven to nine so let's say seven and i got a nine so andrew's kind of like steps forward and he's like yeah the messengers they're not really big on um personal belongings if you if you understand um so we were just trying to kill uh, we were giving her a little bit of a you know some, Nothing some food, outrageous. Some clothes, you know, just some stuff to remind her of home. That's what we were up to. Like, and, we didn't want to get her in trouble or anything. And he kind of nods because he knows that the messengers of the one mind are, are kind of ascetic that way. They really don't like people bringing mm. things in from the outside world. But obviously, Del doesn't really care about any of that. <laughs> so Del's like, well, okay, I guess that's fine um i'd be really careful with that too because the the others are not super into people bringing in stuff from the outside so yeah yeah okay I'm, I'm gonna open the gate i'm gonna open the gate and and i'm gonna let you into the dry dock caro is really thankful really really thankful like she's still trying to be quiet but like she lets her voice spike occasionally and she's like oh you're so kind you're so kind thank you thank you and she's really giving it her all like the academy would be proud 
So he runs his card over the little sensor and the, the door glows green and it, it swings open. And what do you do? Do you go inside? Do you? Yeah, I mean, he's opened the door for us. Um, so um, yeah, we. unless Anders has any objections, we go inside. So he's like, I mean, um, just walk through dry dock and everything will be okay. Uh, the, you know, if anyone asks you who you are, just say you're with Aegis, and they usually leave us alone. There's no big deal. So once you're inside, though, be really careful, um, because if any of the other security guys find you, they might not be quite as accommodating as me. My name's Del, by the way. What's yours? Oh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm Rosalie, and uh, this is my best buddy. Um, we have a really dumb nickname for him, but I'll let you, I'll let him introduce himself. I'm Chuck. Yep. <laughs> I mean, with a name like that, you have to give him a nickname, right? <laughs> He's I, I, a good friend of mine. I mean, I guess so. That is, that is a, um, I mean, I, I guess we don't choose our names, right? We don't choose our names. Okay. Exactly. Uh, I got to get back to patrol. Uh, they, we, we had a VIP come here, through here a little while ago, and they've been a little bit crazy about security. So take care. Bye. Bye-bye. You too, man. You too. Thank you. Bye. And he, he kind of walks off. And so you do you and Anders go into the dry dock? Are you doing anything else before you get in there? Um, I guess we should probably kind of... Is there is there anything new to see at the dry dock now that the door is open? Yeah, so you, you definitely see those cameras and they've got you clocked. There was really nothing you could have done about it because mm. you are coming in through the gate and that's what the cameras are there for. You see trucks with drivers who look very uninterested in doing anything other than sort of like unloading crates of food supplies. So you see like rice and beans and you see some canned vegetables and some fresh fruit. It's a, it's a pretty good haul. This is definitely enough food to support a fairly large number of people if you were if you were to estimate. Right. You also see a few stranger crates. Give me a knowledge roll of eight. Okay. Knowledge of five with three, six, seven, eight. Cool. And what you know is that these are spare parts, but they're kind of medical grade. So usually you would only find these kinds of parts for very high-end androids or people who have substantial biomechanical prosthetics that need to have them maintained often. So you see, like, more than you've ever seen before, crates of these kinds of spare parts, like power cells and actuators and little motors and things like that. Ah. <laughs> okay, Julie noted. Huh. Gee, what could they possibly be doing in here? Okay, uh... What next? I'm trying to think. Okay, so, fancy parts. Fancy parts. Um, and you, did you mention there were people in this part of the dock, or...? Yeah, there are people, but they're mostly ignoring you, especially once they see your uniform. They're just sort of, like, dock workers mm. and, like, truck drivers and things like that. All right. Uh, Caro straightens up, uh, wipes, wipes her face very quickly, and acts like she belongs there, and, um, tries to walk purposefully in such a way as to, A, scout out the area, but also, B, walk as direct a path to the nearest door 
further into the facility as possible. <laughs> cool. So you go inside and you are basically in kind of a warehouse area. So the walls are blank. They're definitely unadorned. The floor, you know, you're, it's lit by like fluorescent lights. There's no real decoration here. The hallways are pretty narrow and you see, you see a bunch of doors on either side, but they are pretty much nondescript. And there aren't a lot of people here either. You feel like you're in kind of a, a basement, maybe, like a floor negative one. Um, okay. And you see a elevator, like a big sort of service elevator down one hallway. So the things that are of note are a few doors and this giant elevator. Um, Caro tries to sort of steer Anders. I presume Anders is following. Yeah, Anders um, is just Okay, so she tries to kind of steer their collective course to a quiet corner away from prying ears to kind of just sort of check in with him and go, right, elevator or no? So I guess the big question is uniforms or no? Are we? So we need to get into this organization. Are we going to pretend to be guards? Uh, because I'm not sure how well that's going to work out. Or are we going to go in as ourselves well be economical about ourselves I think is probably the best course of action because the guards they already had two people seven seven uh, as Manny says try to masquerade as guards anyone that looks out of place in a guards uniform like big sort of spotlight on us I think um you know, I think it might, you know, be productive to find somewhere secluded to ditch the guard uniforms and pretend we're new recruits. Like, go, you know, properly commit. All right. So maybe maybe one of these doors. So Anders is about to go and open the door. If you want to stop him, you can, or you can just let him open the door. Uh, I, I, just, I just very, very, very uh, professionally, very gently just kind of, you know, like uh, place my hand on his and kind of slowly like push his hand down and go we don't know what's behind the door dear on to the guard uniforms for now ask one of these truckers what's behind the doors just to make sure we don't get our face bitten off when we go the other side of it I'm still really freaked out about that red door let me tell you Um, So, so I say yes so are you looking for so I'm gonna guess you're looking for like a dock worker or someone who's kind of like looks like they know what they're doing someone someone who would know someone who would know the facility and know have a vague idea of what's behind the door and which one's maybe not the meat uh meat shredding room (laughs) so you you see uh you see a guy who's sort of like a stocky guy who sort of looks like he's been lifting a bunch of crates. You know, he, he feels like kind of a, a dock worker sort. And then he's kind of wandering absently through the hallways. You flag him down? Yeah, with a friendly... Excuse me, mate. Hey, miss. What are you up to? Not much. Uh, my buddy and I, we've just could be assigned uh, emergency. As you know, there was a high alert with intruders, a whole group of them, apparently. And we've been, we've been pulled on. We're just wondering, is there a locker here? Is there somewhere we can stash our bags? Like, 
we're a little bit unfamiliar with this part, part of the facility. We just wanted to make sure we weren't going anywhere we weren't meant to. What's behind all these doors? Oh, welcome to the facility then. Um, behind these doors, um, it's mostly um, just storage areas, mostly. I mean, we, we, we keep some of the food down here. There's some places for the meat products. There's some places for some of their weird parts. And there's they've got a couple places for some odd stuff that they keep around, but they keep those under lock, lock and key, mostly. So, um, I, I mean, there's nothing dangerous. If you want to go put your stuff where we put our stuff, it's right down the hallway and to the right. So, um, that's about that's, it. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think that'll work out. I, I just wanted to, I, you know, I didn't want to intrude, so I just thought I'd check and make sure there's nothing around here. That, you know, basically, I'm right in thinking, if it's locked, don't I proceed. Mean, if it's if it's locked, you probably shouldn't go in there. I mean, there's some, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to impugn my employers, but I'm going to say that some of these places, some of these doors, a little bit weird, a little bit weird. Anything we need to be aware of? Anything we need to bear in mind? <laughs> I mean, you're with security, so uh, what do you have to worry about? I mean, if the door's locked, then Fair some point. Of those, those those guys upstairs, they just don't want you in there. Um, but I don't know. Fair just, point. Um, all right, do you need anything else from me? No, I think about covers it. Thank you, you've been very helpful. See you around, mate. Take it easy. And- and he just sort of walks walks off and sort of like whistling a tune to himself. He seems completely unconcerned by uh, by you. Oh, thank God. That makes a change. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's just a doc where he doesn't care. <laughs> so what do you do? So now you have, you can either go to the door he pointed to, which would be the sort of employee locker room. You can search any of these other doors, which are mostly food storage areas. Some of them are like meat lockers and things, or you can head to the elevator. Um, I turn to Anders and I encourage him to reconvene in the employee locker area because I'm thinking we can, if we're going to discuss future kind of plan of attack, hopefully there's not going to be too many people in the locker room. We can kind of change and we can figure out what we're going to do next in relative privacy. So you both head over there and because of how late in the day or how early in the day it is, no one's really in there. Um, you, you see sort of a bunch of like metal lockers. Um, they don't have names on them and, and many of them are kind of open. You see a couple of benches. You see like there's probably a shower facility in there somewhere. You see some clothes and towels strewn about. It looks pretty, you know, safe as these things go. So, All right, cool. What's the plan? Okay, I'm thinking. I don't know about you, but I'm starving. I could. I've. I've just been subsisting on chocolate for the last eight hours. It's not. It's not good. Much as I love chocolate, so I mean, they mentioned there was a couple of places with food, so we could. You know, if we wanted to be sneaky. But I'm also thinking we might come by food more readily if we get the show on the road and just pretend that we're cultists. I'm not sure. I mean- what you, I'm not sure which is. So I know they're a cult, but just as a point of reference, they probably don't call themselves a cult in the cult. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, they're, they're an organization. They're an organization. But, you know, like, we're buddies. You know, like, it, uh, that is a, a valid point that you make. I should probably bear that in mind when I'm talking to other not cultists. 
So Anders kind of nods and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty hungry. Let's go find some people so we can chow down. Um, and so he kind of right, goes let's off. Right, change first. He goes off to a, like a corner somewhere, like behind one, like in one of the sort of shower area. And he kind of removes the guard uniform and like switches back into normal Anders clothes. And he, he's like, I'm going to wait here until you tell me to get out. So, um, such a up. gentleman. Yeah, I, 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 you, don't worry. I'll tell you when to, I'll tell you. Don't, not any time before. Not any time before. I will tell you. Not now. And he's, Later. he's just sort of like playing on his phone and he, he could literally care less. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, she, you know, she gets chained the clothes. Um, with the new addition of the glasses, uh, <laughs> just to kind of give give some level of obfuscation of identity, uh, if not a lot, and um, yeah, uh, she's she's all done, she's all changed, and she goes, "All right, okay, I have clothes on." Perfect. And Anders comes out. So, are we leaving our bags here, or are we going to take them with us? I feel like. Right, they, 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 these not cultists, these organization members, I suppose. They, they're not big on personal belongings. So it won't look good if we rock up with bags. But also, well, this is the employee locker room. Maybe we could jimmy one of these empty lockers open or something and pop them in there and come back to them later. I don't know. I mean, it's your call. I say that hmm, I'm having a good thinking about this all my stuff's in this bag <laughs> and my phone is very low on battery but it does have one use left so right we need to be convincing if we're getting in we need to be convincing we've had a bad day already let's open one of these uh, unlocked lockers uh, that's not already taken and discreetly stuff away our stuff for now and try and reintegrate into not cult society and be like, we're new recruits. Where do we sign in? So there's at least two lockers that are that are open, so you don't need to pick a lock or anything like that. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Anders looks into his knife case and he puts one of the ceramic throwing knives in his boots to sort of like replenish his supplies. So he has two throwing knives. And he puts his sort of belt knife in a little holster in the small of his back. But the rest of his stuff, he zips up inside of his bag and he stuffs it in his locker. Carry something, but you can't carry a lot. Uh, Caro's going to put her faith in me in uh, Anders completely. And she's actually going to stow the gun. She's going to stow the gun in the locker. This might be a terrible idea, but it's not going to look good if they find it on her. So... She's going to stow the gun for now, but she is going to take as many bars of chocolate as she can. They've probably not travelled well. They're probably all men- melted. The melted chocolate is still chocolate. Is it's my the future. And it They're pretty good. It's the f- yeah, like, you know, they, they've invented all sorts of things that should melt but don't now. Um, so, yeah, um, she's got a bunch of uh, chocolate bars and things, and hopefully they won't look too badly on that. Um, and yeah, she's going to stow everything else in the bag and lock the locker and take the key. I'm guessing it's either a yeah, it's like a, a lock, lock a like a like at a theme park. So it's oh. like a biometric lock. Of course, it's the future. It's the future. Why I keep forgetting myself. Uh, so yeah, she 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 locks up. 
cool. So you no longer have your hacking tools, you no longer have your camera, and you no longer have your gun. Nope. Anders, Anders doesn't have his smart lockpick with him, and Anders does not have his bindings with him. And he does have knives, He and he does have one can of power fuel. You also don't have any clothes. We are one with the cult. We have no personal effects. <laughs> so, you are back out in the hallway. Anders is sipping his power fuel, and you're acutely aware that now that you're not dressed like guards, people would be pretty, not necessarily happy that you were down here. You would, you would clearly feel like you should not be here too much longer. So you can either keep looking around and investigating this basement, or you can go to the elevator. I'm guessing it's kind of uh, too many strikes and you're out, sisters, so we should probably just move swiftly on and we can check this out later. It's not going anywhere. Unless it's kind of like a mortal engine style facility <laughs> that like moves around the desert consuming other smaller cult facilities. Um, oh god, yeah, you're giving not... me ideas. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, so yeah, no, it, it, they can come back to it, so I feel pretty confident we can move on. I mean, we're inside. That's a turn up for the books. We're inside the facility. We actually, we actually um, did something well, which is pretty good. <laughs> but the dice gods were, you know, looking down on us and smiling today. So I guess the only way is up again. So you have two choices. Well, you have three choices, technically. You can stay on this oh. floor or you can go to the first floor, which is, well, it doesn't matter what, what, what you think it is. You have no idea. It's just the, the button one. Or you can go to the second floor. Right. What I'll tell you is that your knowledge of how human buildings work (laughs) tells you that the first floor is like the entrance in the lobby. It's ground floor. I was going to British it up and go, first floor, don't you mean ground floor? Yeah, I knew. Just pip that in the, you know, nip that in the bud. Yeah, no, she's probably going to, I mean, again, second floor's not going anywhere. They can wait until it's a bit more stealthy to investigate if they so choose. So I think she just wants to kind of get in the cult as quick as possible and try not to encounter Sunday Grant on the way. And because you're in a closed elevator, you, at least for the 30 seconds that you're in that elevator, you are surprisingly um, safe. And when the door opens, you and Anders have entered the Messengers of the One Minds facility proper. And here is what you see. As you step out, you realize you're not at the front of the building. You're in sort of a side corner, but but very quickly you can kind of take a lay of the land because the the front the, the first floor is pretty open and feels a little like a hotel lobby in the back. And it's kind of beautiful. Everything is very well appointed. The carpets are very nice. The ceilings are very like high and there's like a chandelier up there. Everything like looks like it's been very well maintained. And there's a strangely large number of people. And you notice something that is bizarre to you. Well, you notice two things that are bizarre to you. There are a lot of people and they're very sort of like there's a huge variety of people like from age and ethnicities and whatever like there's just tons of different kinds of people but you also notice a lot of androids like a strangely large number of androids and they're kind of just like milling about uh. 
with people, just sort of like talking to them, like holding conversations in a way that is not usual. Generally speaking, androids would be, you know, they're kind of like service workers and they would be kind of off to the side or like charging or something like that. But these androids are very, seem very integrated with the with the people and they're and everyone's sort of like talking and chatting and, and no one looks suspicious of anything really. The second thing you notice and actually for this one give me a grace roll of I'm ready seven. Actually Grace was two, so Grace roll of seven. Don't let me down. I rolled a natural one, and my grace is two, so that's three total, unless, like, natural ones are, like, critical yeah. failure and count solo everything else. You don't notice anything. All you notice is that there are androids. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. All you notice is that there are androids and people kind of, like, hanging out with one another. Everything else is um, beyond your ken. I don't have a good feeling about this. <laughs> I was really hoping you would uh, Oh, man. Um, anyway, this is going to be even more fun. Andrews is sort of like looking around, and he seems a little bit like, huh, weird. But he sort of keeps it to himself, because now you're sort of inside the organization, and it would not do well for you to be talking <laughs> about the organization when there are so many people in earshot. So within line of sight, you have two real choices. You can attempt to talk to someone, and there's tons of people to choose from. So you can you can try to talk to a person, you can try to talk to an android, but you see what like looks like a check-in. There's nothing malicious about it, right? Like it's it looks very sort okay. of friendly. It looks very like standard, and it just sort of looks like the place where someone's someone who needs to visit someone, or someone who wants to join the organization, perhaps, or someone who has a question might go to. It's like a help desk. The desk is definitely something she's leaning towards, but she's just going to err on the side of caution and talk to an android, uh, because as far as she's concerned, you know, androids are meant to be helpful, so... <laughs> like, if you just sort of pick one that's sort of, like, milling about by itself? Yeah, just to, you know, I don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves, and I just, I just pick one that's, you know, not too far away and looks to be mostly not in mid-conversation helping someone else. Hello, my name is Kay. Uh, good morning, Kay. Um, this is a bit embarrassing. Uh, not sorry. I'm I'm overthinking this interaction. I'm overthinking this interaction. Basically, we're lost, and we need help. Can you help us? Of course, I can help you. What do you need? Uh, so. Yesterday, all of that stuff happened. Bad stuff, bad, bad stuff. And, you know, it was literally just after we entered the facility, so... We don't know what's going on. We want to join the organization, but we're not sure where we're oh, going. Want, like, we literally just entered. Join? Yeah, yeah, we really want to join. How do we do that? Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, you're beautiful, people. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Well, if you want to join, just go to the front desk and give your names and tell them who recruited you. Who recruited us? Yes, absolutely. That's how you got in here, yeah? Of course, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to make sure that's what you said. I'm, my left ear is a bit, you know. All right, okay. Uh, is there anything else we need to give? Like personal effects or anything like that? Is there anything else we need to be prepared for? Oh, 
They'll deal with all that in the integration center. For now, just your name and who recruited you. All right. Um, cool. Well, you've been very helpful, Kate. Thank you for your help today. We might talk to you shortly uh, again, but thank you very much. That's all for now. You're beautiful people. Have a nice day. Thank you. You keep saying that. Thank you. And and Kay kind of totters off and you and Anders um, are left kind of like by yourselves. Generally, if you keep your voices down, like no one's going to really bother you. Oh, good. Because Kara has stuff to say about that interaction. So she like whispers to Anders and tries to kind of keep a low profile that she's talking at all. Uh, like, firstly, she goes, what the heck was that? That was a very I, smart android. <laughs> what, did it really have to be programmed to keep calling us a beautiful? That's a little bit creepy, right? I mean, this whole place is pretty creepy, but yeah, I agree. I mean, now that you put it that way, maybe it's just relative creepiness and I'm not used to it yet. So who recruited us? We could ask another android about recruiters. Uh, but I don't know if they're like all their intelligence is linked to the same sort of cloud or like. I mean, uh, that's totally possible. Shit, it is. Uh, we've got to ask it a particular way. I mean, it's an android. It shouldn't be too difficult. Employee of the month. Do they do that sort of thing here? You don't see anything that would. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking asking me. I was thinking asking the android who's employee of the month, who recruited the most um, people in the last month, or who cre- re- who re- that sort of thing. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, like you can, you can do that. That's a that's a totally valid question. Okay. All right. Guess we'll just have to try. Um, Anders, not sure when we're going to get a chance to speak properly again, but I'm just going to walk you through my, my thought process. We're going to talk to another android. We're going to ask who the best recruiter is, who the worst recruiter is, and... <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's very virtuous of you, but I wasn't going to suggest that. I was going to say, you know, just to kind of... So it doesn't look suspicious to a human maybe reviewing the data later. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, let's I'm do just it. really weirded out, man. I'm just really weirded out. I just need a bit of moral support. I mean, like, I've met a few androids before. Uh, a, they don't call you beautiful usually. And B, the, uh, I mean, like, look at them. They look like people. They're wearing people clothes. It's like not normal. It's weird, right? It's, I'm not. I'm not weird for thinking that's weird, right? No, not really. No, it's it's totally weird. This is a weird place and Anders is looking around. He clearly seems both uncomfortable, so no metagame, but like Anders has noticed something that you have not noticed, I suspect. And, right, um, right. And he looks like more uncomfortable than we like usually see him. He's usually pretty chill about things, but like right now he seems a little bit weirded out. What do you do? So are you looking for, are you going back to K? Are you looking for another Android? Like what are you gonna do? Um, okay. Would I notice that he's getting weird? You notice that he's behaving Would I be that? Uh, well, actually, okay. give me a grace roll of, I don't know, seven. All right. Okay. Grace is two. What's this going to be? That's a six. That's seven, eight. Cool. Yeah, you definitely notice that Anders seems a little bit skittish. 
Okay. Okay, so I lower my voice even more, but uh, for the purposes of this recording, it's going to be the same volume. <laughs> <laughs> mate. Mate, are you alright? Like, what's... You're acting... You're acting weird. Like, is it just reaction to the weirdness, or what's going on? What's going he, on? He does something that is unusual. He kind of puts his hand on your shoulder, and he kind of, like, motions with his other hand towards two people who are sort of standing in a corner, sort of talking happily to one another. Do you look over there? Subtly, yeah. And you notice... Like, sort of, like, out of the corner of my eye. So what you immediately notice is that one of those people has a bionic arm of the same kind you saw on on Kevin, uh, or Keith, that is, from, from back in Harlan's place. So it's like a very high-quality bionic arm. And the other one, standing across from him, has two bionic hands. And as a person living in this world, it would be kind of surprising to you, because, like, people have, like, bionic limbs if they're amputees. Some, like, sports professionals will get bionic parts to, like, help them improve their performance. But generally speaking, unless you're military like military like personnel might get like cyborg arms or legs for for performance purposes and and some other kind of cyborg implants but typically like your average person is not gonna like tear off their limbs and replace the metal parts but once Anders shows you this you like look around and you notice a higher than average percentage of people with these metal parts with metal limbs Okay, so with the knowledge you've given me, I think Caro's first thought would be, oh shit, there's a lot of people here that have military experience. This could be complicated. So, that, because you mentioned how, like, it's very seldom that someone would choose to have lots of um, augmented prosthetics like that. Right. Um, so she's, yeah, so that's kind of her thought process right now. And what's even weirder is that they're not really hiding them. So yeah, that would be the Caro interpretation, that these people have some kind of like military background. Okay. So she, she slowly turns back to Anders and whispers even quieter, like, military? Question mark? And he's like, I, I think you, I think you're onto something here. I mean, so many of them? Like, what are these people planning? Nothing good. Nothing good, but let's. I know this is weird, but let's let's keep a low profile and find out what, what the facts are. Find out what we can find out, and get the hell out of here after completing our job, of course. Mission uh, three. But let's. Yep, mission first. But I do not want to stay here any longer than necessary. So let's do a good job. All right. Let's so do a good job. Do you hunt down another robot? Do you go to the front desk? Yeah. Do you hunt down another robot. Uh, someone maybe look in a slightly different direction to the direction we found Kay in and try and also find uh, a robot that is similarly not previously engaged in conversation. Hi there. How are you today? I'm very well. Um, my buddy and I, we had a question. Who's like the top recruiter of the organization and who's like the worst recruiter would you know that that is a very strange piece of trivia 
Oh, well, my buddy and I, we we just wondered who was working the hardest for the organization and who maybe wasn't working quite so hard. That is fair. The top recruiter is Jasmine Rose. She Very is nice. 87 people to the organization. The worst recruiter is Mickey Larson. He has recruited no one in three years. Mickey is very bad in at three it. years. <laughs> All right. Okay. You've been really helpful. Ah. Oh, wow. I never would have thought those guys would have. Okay. Thank you so much. You've been great. That's all for now. You're a beautiful person. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. (sighs) And the robot just sort of totters off. I guess front desk. Let's sign in and join the organization. You guys wander over to the front desk and you see two people standing at the front desk. One of them is sort of an older gentleman who has a bionic eye um, that's glowing green. Uh, Very very tasteful, but you you can't tell at first glance whether it's sort of a mil-spec eye that would have sort of like night vision or any kind of like utility to it, or if it's just for show. And the other is a much younger woman who looks sort of like a new recruit. She looks very excited. She looks like she's ready to get into things, right? Like the day is young and she really wants to sort of like move forward and get things done today. Do the good work, yes. Yeah. And so they're both on kind of opposite sides of the desk. So who do you choose to talk to? Uh... I talk to the younger girl, yeah. Talk to the younger girl. Um, after seeing all these prosthetics, Caro's trying to kind of... Because, as you say, she can't tell if the eye has, like, any other utility beyond seeing. Uh, maybe it can see stuff that she doesn't want it to see. Who knows? Uh, but she doesn't, so um, she wants to go for the younger girl. So the younger girl is named Helen Doyle. And when... Okay go up to Helen, she looks at you and Anders, and she's like, well, hi there. Um, Caro is all smiles and says, oh, hello. Um, we're wondering if you could help us out. Um, we came in like yesterday and then there was this whole big thing and it was all very confusing and we weren't able to like join the cults, uh, join the organization, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Join the organization. Oh. It's not a cult. My parents, you know what they're like. They, they keep calling it that word, and it's not the organization. Don't worry about uh, it. People call us a cult all the time. Those people are just wrong. My parents are definitely wrong. Um, yeah, so we want to join the your wonderful organization, but we weren't able to join yesterday when we came in. And uh, we just want to get the ball rolling. I think uh, we have to tell you who recruited us, right? Oh, wow, you're... Oh, you're way ahead. Yeah, no, if you tell it Oh, I... yeah, we've just been... We've been talking to the lovely Android friends here. They're very helpful. Oh, they're beautiful people, don't you think? Yeah, they they mentioned that too. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful people, yeah. Great. 
So we can get your paperwork started and we can get you to the integration center. But first, just tell me who recruited you. Okay, um, I had this written down, but then when we were on the way here, we kind of dumped all of our stuff and I think his name was Mick, Mick. Mickey? Mick Lar. Yeah. Mickey Larson. And then Mickey it's like, Larson. Wait. yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's the guy. Yeah. Wait, Mickey Larson recruited you? I think that's what he said his name was. Yeah. Like he didn't have business cards, so maybe I'm misremembering, but I'm pretty sure that was the guy. Oh, that's wonderful. Mickey hasn't gotten a new member in the organization. Well, I don't want to say anything bad about him, but Mickey, Mickey's been trying. He seemed like such a nice bloke. He seemed so, so warm and lovely. Like we couldn't say no. Mickey's a great guy. Oh, and both of you. Mickey recruited both of you, you and your friend? Well, I don't know if he spoke to another recruiter. I think so, because he was there and he listened to the pitch and he was very impressed. So I don't know if he spoke to another one of you guys. Uh, did you? Uh, yeah, I, I was recruited by Jasmine. I met her a couple weeks ago at the place. Was that before the, like, the nice guy spoke to us ages ago? Was that before or after? It was after. It was, it was a while ago. Oh, oh okay, right. Oh, oh, okay. Jasmine, yeah, she's one of our big recruiters. She's always out in the field. Oh, oh man, she's very good. She is such a beautiful person. Yeah, yeah, a beautiful person. I agree with you there. Um, yeah, no, she, she, she was, you know, I, 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 I remember now, like this one, couldn't shut up about her. But yeah, no, I didn't get to meet her myself. So I don't, I've, I've only heard stories. Oh, well, that's great. I'm sure, I'm sure she's around here somewhere. <laughs> Do you want her to be your, your agent? That, I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard she's very busy. Like, is that, is that okay? Like... I could give her a call. Would you like me to call her? For both of us? Would that be okay? It would only be one of you. Fair enough. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be greedy. So yeah, buddy, you can, you can, you can have her all to yourself. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, I'll take Jasmine. Uh, he's already regretting everything about his life. <laughs> okay, in, in that case, I guess, well, I can't be your agent. Um, I'm, I'm pretty new at this. And the integration center is- Oh, it's, you're doing wonderful. You're doing wonderfully. It's kind of complicated. So, oh, oh, wait, wait, oh, just hold on a second. While you're waiting, can you fill out this paperwork for me? And she hands you two tablets. Sure. And they have 45 pages of legalese on them. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, Carrie does her best to skim read. If you skim read, it is like basically explains that the organization is like a communal living center and that you live in sort of like community with androids and that you should always treat androids like living human beings and that no kind of you know, like discrimination against androids will be tolerated. And it goes on to explain sometimes weird things are going to happen because this is a community that has a religious component to it. So you're not allowed to sue and that they are indemnified against all kinds of whatever. It's just a very large document that basically says no matter what happens to you here, you cannot sue them. When they say weird things might happen, what is their exact word? And is it just really vague? Is it just super no, vague? It, 
Basically, the paragraph says something like, this is both a social and a religious community, and members are expected to participate in um, religious rituals, and that for some people who are outside of the organization, these rituals might seem strange. But, you know, in order to be a part of the community, you have to be willing to sort of let go of that baggage and participate uh, when asked. So... Okay, that is some interesting wording. <laughs> yeah, no, Caro will just uh, store file that under interesting wording dot text. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, sure. Um, she skim reads it. Is there anything she needs to sign? Is there anything, any detail she needs to fill in? So you have two options. You can either use a stylus and sign a name to the document, or you can put your thumbprint for the biometric. What do you choose? Sign it. I'm not giving them my biometric information. <laughs> that is probably. Um, I'm gonna sign. <laughs> yeah, I am gonna sign. All right. I'm gonna use the like fake name I use for everything in tabletop, which is Isolde Tristram. I'm gonna put that down. <laughs> Isolde. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's great. I panicked and it stuck. <laughs> that, that's brilliant. Anders puts the name Seth Omsford, and he's definitely signed it. And in fact, he's signed it kind of poorly, so it's difficult to really see <laughs> what the letters are. <laughs> Helen Doyle comes back towards you, and she has that older gentleman with the bionic eye with her. And he and she looks uh. really excited, and she's like, Oh, oh, I, I called Jasmine, and she, she said she'd be happy to come and work with your friend. And we don't really have too many agents available. But we have the best agent. His name is Luca. Luca, say hello. And then Luca kind of nods slowly and he's like, Welcome to the organization. How are you? And and his voice is and sonorous. And he he's looking at you, but it feels like he's like looking right through you. tries to shake off her discomfort but it just won't come off but she's trying to also conceal that she's feeling mighty uncomfortable and she also tries to kind of greet him but very warmly and extends her hand and goes I'm very well thank you how are you? Luca extends his hand and you notice then that his hand is also bionic Um, (laughs) his right hand is also bionic and he shakes it um, pretty warmly and like I'm so glad that you've chosen to be a part of this community. Do you have any luggage with you? Do you need any help? Um, well, yeah, I, well, we, 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 we heard through the grapevine that, um, you know, when you, when you come to the organization, you start your new life and that you forget your old life. And so we, we kind of dumped our bags on the way here. We don't have anything. We just have the clothes on our back. Is that, is that, is that right? Our glasses all right? Like, a glass is okay. Like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, cause a stir in the organization. <laughs> you know. You are a beautiful person. I'm sure. Thank you. So are you. Thank you. I'm sure everything you have will be just fine. If you've signed the paperwork, we can start with your integrations immediately. Yes. Um. Oh, I, I, I hate to be, I hate to be that guy, but um. Uh, we've not actually eaten since yesterday because of everything that happened. Like, I don't know what happened, but it was, 
it seemed like there was a bit of a commotion at the front gate and we haven't eaten since yesterday so could we have something to eat first is that okay oh lovely girl i'll make sure you're very well fed and he says that in that weird way okay so out of the corner of your eye you see another woman who is also in her middle in sort of her middle years she has sort of long straight black hair and she you know has sort of like very kind of bright expressive eyes her right leg you can tell is bionic and there's something about her face that looks not quite right you can't really put your finger on it though but like she definitely has a bionic right leg and she comes over and she she looks over to helen and she's like hey girl and helen's like hey jasmine there's someone here that he says that you recruited him and they have a little conversation back and forth. And she's like, you know, I recruited a lot of people. And basically by the end of it, she looks over at Anders and sort of like smiles and gives him a thumbs up. And he's like, Hey buddy, why don't you come with me and we can get things started. And Anders gives you a look um, out of the corner of his eye and you, Taro does you, a very strange smile back. <laughs> and with that, Anders goes off with Jasmine Rose, and you are left with Luca. Oh so, god, what have I done? <laughs> I have a quick question about Jasmine. Yeah. Um, was her face symmetrical? Like, terrifyingly symmetrical? Yes, that's actually... I'm not even going to have you roll, roll for it, because you, you guessed it straight out. Her, like, her face looks kind of like she had plastic surgery, but, like, so much more than that. Like, it looks almost airbrushed. It looks like she, like, she looks almost ageless, right? Like, she looks like she's been, like, she's been sculpted out of clay rather than, than, like, she has a human face. But it's very, like, it doesn't look like she's an android, right? Like, it, she doesn't seem like a robot. You've seen yeah. hundreds of robots before. Yeah. And they, they don't look like that. Right. It does not look natural. She looks like a, a magazine model, but in person <sighs> and not with makeup or anything like that. So that's what you see. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Caro tests the waters and she goes, isn't Jasmine a beautiful person? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Jasmine is one of our best. She's very high up in the organization, and she's worked hard to bring our community together. She is a beautiful person indeed. Wow. You, yeah, okay. Um, I'm not sure what other response I was expecting, but yeah, wow. Um, I look forward to getting to know Jasmine at some point. Yeah. I, um, she'll, she'll look after my buddy, won't she? Oh, your buddy is in very good hands. And good. Every, everything he says is like very clipped, and he he is he's not lost eye contact with you this entire time. He's just smiling this thin smile and just watching you. And his bionic eye is pulsing softly. She she's tries to main, uh, maintain eye contact, but also tries not to maintain eye contact with that particular eye. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she tries to look. She tries to look at the other eye. Like she is. She hope. She hopes that he doesn't notice and gets like offended that he. She's not making full eye contact. But 
yeah um so yeah she she feels supremely awkward so she doesn't know what else to say but she goes let's get integrated well, <laughs> and she does a little shimmy to show she's enthusiastic as well come along with me and i'll have you join our family and with that uh he comes around from uh, around the desk and he sort of like it's very strange and you can choose to like avoid this if you want but he sort of takes you by the hand and kind of like walks it so you saw jasmine do the same thing to anders um and anders sort of with it but he takes you by the hand and just sort of like walks with you towards a bank of elevators in the back and you do anything Kara's skin is crawling, but she does not pull away. She kind of like, now's a really bad time to kind of draw attention to herself in any way. So she kind of like, a hand like, she just doesn't do anything with her hand. She's just kind of like, I guess this is his hand now. Yeah, I'll just follow. And she just kind of follows him and tries not, and tries like, if he's he, if he's walking forward and looking away from her, like she's kind of like subtly making like uncomfortable faces, but she's trying not to make it obvious that she's like very uncomfortable. <laughs> he's like he's walking forward as it, but he it's like so clear that he knows exactly where he's going, and he's kind of looking at you the entire time. So he's not even looking ahead of himself; he's just sort of like watching you <laughs> the entire time. Uh, okay, and he's holding your hand so... on the side so that his sort of like bionic eye is watching you. Okay, so she kind of tries to, like, pull her awkward face into, like, not a grimace, but it kind of looks more like a grimace than she would like. She's trying to smile. She's trying to smile. And she's she she kind of babbles something about being nervous, um, but she's, you know, she's really wrestling with her emotions here. And the camera kind of pans back, and the elevator door opens, and Caro and Luca step into the elevator and it closes behind them and we we bring this session to a close we'll be back real soon we will be back real soon in fact we'll be back next time on the next episode of risk management where we'll find out whether or not anders and cora die what the integration process is and if they'll ever be fed because they haven't eaten in a day (laughs) i feel like the eternal question is Will they die? <laughs> I mean, like, we've done a really good job of almost getting ourselves killed. We have, for, for like, secret agents in sort of a high-end military, like, paramilitary organization, they've been surprisingly incompetent. I mean, everyone has off days. <laughs> right, right. I guess, really, any, any mission you can walk away from, right? Exactly. So, this is Steve Spaulding, and... Alan, this is Jess Kinghorn. And we'll see you guys Signing next. off? Yeah, I guess that's what we're doing. Like, we need to come up with a better sign off. But for now, that works perfectly. Bye! Bye!